friends and family, we wanted to take a moment just to tell you that we love you, and we are so honored to have the opportunity to serve you throughout this last year, and, um, and just to take a chance to, to wish you a Merry Christmas. So from all of us to all of you, Merry Christmas! There it is. There's your church. Uh, your family, give them a round of applause, please. Oh, my goodness. I love seeing the faces of all of us, uh, one crazy family in one, one Christmas video. It's like a mom's dream, right, to have all of her babies in one picture. This is, uh, this is great. So, uh, so thank you all for, uh, for jumping in there and for singing and dancing to all of you guys. We learned definitely during the making of that video who's got rhythm and who you may not see on the stage. I will just leave it at that. <clears throat> Welcome, Merry Christmas. My name is Clint, uh, and it's an honor that you would come and join us during this special night. Uh, In this series called Make Room, we've been learning how God's people have made room for God's will and his story in, in their lives. If you would, at this point, if there's a little bit of room next to you, would you help make room for people who are still piling in? Fill in those seats that are in the middle. If you'll scoot to the center, move to the middle, that would be very helpful. If you're jammed in there, you're good. You're good. We just welcome you. If you're joining us online, welcome. We are so glad that you would join us. And just a heads up for those of you online, during the telling of the Christmas story, when Jim comes up in a few minutes and reads for us Luke 2, He's going to be lighting, or we're going to have the Jesus candle lit. So get the biggest candle that's in your, your Christmas box, find that candle, and when we start reading that story, uh, you can go ahead and light the Jesus candle. And then for the rest of us here, including us, uh, the candles that you have, we'll, have uh, we'll use those in just a little bit. So we will close the service out with lighting the candles, and all of us will sing a song together. If you have a lit candle... Please, this is very, very important. If you have a lit candle, please keep it straight up and down. And then the person you turn next to you, you can help them light their candle. They will come sideways and light them this way and then turn it straight up and just kind of go that way. If you turn it sideways, you'll drip hot wax all over your friends and loved ones. And then, you know, no one wants to go to the ER on Christmas Eve, right? Let's just not, let's stay away from that in the name of Jesus, right? So, uh, whew, welcome. Man, this is a packed house. I'm so thankful for you guys to be here. Would you guys uh, do this as we start to, uh, to prepare our hearts for worship? Go ahead and stand up. We're going to pray the Lord's Prayer together. If you know it, pray it along with us. If you're unsure about it, the words will be on the screen and everybody else's eyes will be closed so you're in a safe place. All right, let's pray, y'all. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Father God, we love you. God, we are so incredibly grateful for the gift that you have given us through the birth of your son, Jesus. We're here to celebrate that, so I pray over the next several minutes that we be able to focus our minds and our hearts, our attention and our affection on who you are, how you're active and alive in this world and how you're moving in this place tonight. God, we thank you for the families who are gathered here. We're so thankful for the ability to gather together in this place and be a family, a church family. So we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said.
glad that you are here and that you've chosen to, to be with us on this very special occasion. Um, today we celebrate Jesus, our Savior, our King, and the hope that He uh, brings to us, the peace that He can give to you, regardless of what season of life that you're in. Our prayer for you tonight is that you will experience that peace and that hope that only Jesus Christ can offer. We really believe that. So we're making room for Him tonight. Amen. We're going to open up our hearts and just receive whatever God has. We believe that He's got something beautiful planned. So let's continue to do that as we worship.
listen to the words of the gospel writer Luke we find in the second chapter of his gospel. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. While I read those verses, the white Christ candle has been lit. The light of the world is now available to all of us. The light has come down from heaven. Let's continue to worship him. Bright. 
pray with me. Father, we come before you and we just want to stop in this moment and say thank you. Thank you for bringing us here together. Thank you for the clarity of your word. Thank you for the promise that we can hold on to. Thank you for your plan of redemption, Father, sending your only son salvation for us to do what we could never do on our own. And Jesus, we look to you as Lord and as Savior and as the light of the world. Thank you for allowing us to be part of a greater story that you brought us into. Thank you for your love and grace and mercy and kindness that guides us, keeps us. 
and changes lives. We thank you, we love you, we praise you. It's in your mighty name, Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said, amen.
Christmas isn't really about snow and lights and chimneys and presents. It's not about malls and movies and bells and sleighs. It's not about cards and carols and candy and cheer. Christmas is about a king. A king who became a baby and a baby who became a savior. Christmas is about a light that shatters the darkness and begins a new day. Christmas is about a gift, not a toy wrapped in paper, but a savior swaddled in a manger. Christmas is about a home, the savior leaving his so we could have one forever. Christmas is about the creator who entered into creation and shared in our humanity, but never our depravity. Christmas is about a cross because there's no heaven without Calvary and no Calvary without Bethlehem. Christmas is about Jesus. He's the reason for the season and every season and every day, hour, and moment. Christmas is about you. Because while it's true that Christ came into the world for you, don't forget that you came into the world for Christ. Well, Merry Christmas. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us on this beautiful Christmas Eve. My name is Scott Verno, and I'm the lead pastor here at Community Life, and it is an honor to have you here in our family room or to have you connecting online. Uh, it means the world to us that you would take this time out to find a parking place to risk your life, crossing a parking lot to fight the rain and everything else uh, that goes on to be present for Christmas Eve. Um, it means the world to us, so thank you for that. At Community Life, we love God, we love our neighbor, and we believe that our mission is to connect people to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is the source of life. And our hope is that when you discover that source of life, that you will share it with as many people as you encounter. And if there is anything that we can do to stand alongside you in this journey, um, we would consider it the high honor of our life and, and our mission. So, so let us know if there's anything we can do for you. A couple quick announcements, and then uh, we'll jump into a message, hopefully short and sweet, because I know that time is limited when you have the littles with you today. So uh, that's the goal, is to get you back out into the crazy here in just a few minutes. Um, uh, one of the things that we do every Christmas Eve is um, we take a portion of, of our Christmas Eve offering, and we designate it to a local ministry uh, dealing with children. And this year, the ministry and the outreach that we're supporting is called Children in Crisis, and this is a ministry that supports foster care ministry and uh, the foster care system. So uh, that's what we're going to be doing. If that speaks to your heart, we'd love for you to be able to contribute and be a part of that. This ministry really focuses on keeping families together, keeping those siblings together. One of the things that really spoke to us as a church is that they don't just work on them in that time that they're in that system. There's also a bridge afterwards where they help them stand up and find career placement and job training. And, and so we've been able to do that as a church as well to stand alongside them. So, so I just want to let you know that if you want to give tonight, that, that part of that is going to be able to go to, to meeting the needs of that ministry. Uh, there's QR codes on the chair in front of you. The one on the right will bring you to the, the giving page. Um, for those of you that are at home, you can find the giving link uh, on the website. And for those of you that are old school check writers, or maybe you have cash. I've not seen cash in forever. Tammy has ensured that. Um, there are boxes on the walls on your way out. You can just put an offering in there, and, and thank you so much for doing that. Um, another announcement, next week, it's hard to believe that next Sunday is uh, New Year's Eve. Is that right? Yeah, New Year's Eve. So we're going to do something that we've never done before. We are going to have only one service for all three of our services piled together at 10 o'clock in the morning. It'd probably look a little bit like this. 
but it's going to be a communion service. You know, you, you know that we have three services, so you don't get to see Crazy Aunt Sally in the third service if you go to the first service. So we're going to try and jam all of you together for one. We're going to try and give the staff as much time off as they can. So Tammy's got a band that she's putting together, and we're just going to come together. Wear your pajamas if you want to. Uh, we're going to receive communion, have a good time, sing some Christmas carols, and I've convinced Tammy to sing Winter Snow, which is probably my favorite song for the holiday season, so we're going to do all of that and uh, have a wonderful time. And the last, last two things short, um, one is a rain announcement, the other, Clint covered the candle announcement. Remember, if you're lighting candles, if your candle is lit, it always stays up and down, light from the side. Uh, but rain announcement, if for some reason it starts to rain while we're in here, the, the officers are unable to stop traffic, it's not safe. So we would encourage you, if you live towards Navarre, to maybe when we exit, take a right and go down Soundside Road and come out down through Nantahala. Uh, just be kind to our neighbors on Soundside. They're kind to us. So let's uh, take our time and drive safely, and we want everybody to get home um, and uh, be able to enjoy Christmas. Okay, so we're in a series uh, this Christmas season called Make Room. And, you know, Jim read the Christmas story a little bit earlier, but one of the verses that is so astounding in our Scripture is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, where it says that Mary took um, her firstborn child, wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a what? In a manger, exactly. Laid him in a manger. Now, we just read through that because we've romanticized what that means. But if we put it in our modern vernacular, what really they're saying is they wrapped him in bands of cloth and, played him and, and placed him in a food trough where horses and pigs and everything else would gather around and they would eat. That's what they had access to. And when you read that story, it blows your mind. Because if we were given the ability to plan the Christmas story, that is not at all the way that we would script that. Can we all agree? So it causes you to look at the story and say, what, what's going on here? And if you read on in that text, you find out that they were there because there was no room for the inn. There was no room in the inn for them, a place where they could gather and where they could have that baby in a decent spot. And I think for me, and we all agree, that this might have been the biggest miss of all time. If you own a hotel and you turn away, sweet baby Jesus, you've probably blown it, right? Maybe the most influential person ever to walk this earth, whether you believe that Jesus is the son of God or not, the way he shaped this world, and he was turned away because there was no room. But, but what I believe is that that happened by design for us, and we're going to talk about that in our service today. So what we've been asking you to consider over these last few weeks is how can we make room in our life for Jesus? How can we make room in our life for Jesus? You know, three weeks ago, we started this series, and it is hard for me to believe that here we are. And truth be known, in about 15 minutes, maybe 17 minutes, uh, Tammy and Kyle are going to come out, and they're going to start singing Silent Night, and I'm going to light the candle, and we're going to start lighting through this room, and we'll be singing Silent Night. And then once Jim gives us the cue from the back of the room that everybody's candles are lit, y'all may not know that happens, but he'll give us the cue. Then we'll go back to that first chorus and we'll sing it a cappella. And then when that first chorus ends, in silence, we'll raise our candles up in the air and we'll hold our candles there for about 10 to 15 seconds. And I'm going to tell you, for me, they are 10 to 15 of the most holy seconds for me in the entire year. And what I want to do is invite you tonight to have an expectation in your heart that maybe even if it's just for those 10 to 15 seconds, that you will expect that God will encounter you there in that moment, that you will make room for Christ to meet you right where you are, no matter where you are tonight. I want to set that expectation because I believe if you make room, God will meet you right where you are. And so that, that's my hope 
as we read the story um, this evening. So um, what we've been doing is looking at the Christmas story, talking about how each one of these people have made room in the Christmas story. We started off by talking about Joseph. He faced ridicule, uncertainty, the loss of maybe even only his, his family because of the decision to stay with Mary to make room for Jesus. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they opened up their home and welcomed in an unwed pregnant teenager in a time when they would have rather stoned her than to take her in. This is what this family does. Even while they are expecting a child of their own in the late stages, their later stages of life, you see this kind of sacrifice to make room for Jesus. And the wise men who traveled halfway across the known world to find this one that was to be born. And in their journey, they bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And, you know, we, we, we once again add these to our story. But really what they were were they were gifts that when sold provided the resource that Jesus and his family needed to, to make the pilgrimage to Egypt so that their lives would be spared from Herod. There are so many people in our biblical text that made room for Jesus so that we could sit here today and read this story. So we're going to read in Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to pick up in verse 8, and I want to talk about that beautiful night and just some of the significant things about it. Teach the scriptures we go through and then give you a thought or two, and then, um, and then we'll sing Silent Night. So in chapter 2, verse 8, Luke writes this. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over the flock by night. The very first verse would be so easy to just jump over. It's the shepherds. It's their introduction. But there's a part in this verse that I think for me makes this story relevant for many of us. The shepherds who live in the fields watching over their sheep by night. Do you know that we have people in our families? You have children that are living sometimes literally in the fields tonight in their profession. We have truck drivers in this church that are on the road that are watching online right now. We have military personnel that are deployed, that are in the field, that are working. We have um, doctors that, have, that, that work in mission fields that are all around the world doing just some of the most profound things. We have family members that are working on oil rigs today out in the Gulf. And, and I think what I would say is this really connects to us because think of what it's like when you're set apart from the normal rhythms of life. This is the group that God reveals himself to. This is the group that calls, that's called in. And so if you're watching online, I want you to know that we've not forgotten you. Um, we recognize you, God loves you, and, and Merry Christmas. The story goes on to say, then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Uh, I, from time to time as a preacher, I have people that tell me stories about how they saw an angel. And I, like to, I laugh a little bit under my breath, and sometimes I'll say, well, how did you feel about that? And they're like, oh, it was so beautiful. And I'm like, you know, in Scripture, whenever an angel shows up, people are usually pretty terrified. And what we find is that there's something so um, shocking about an angel that when people encounter angels in Scripture, they are terrified. They hit their knees. They're not sure what's going on. There's this awareness of something that is so much larger than yourself. And so what's happening is significant in our Christmas story. Verse 10, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy. Say this with me, for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. That's the message. He's letting them know that this is the good news, not just for a small group of people, that this message is, is available for everyone who's willing to receive it and who's willing to hear it. Verse 12, this will be a sign for you. This has become one of my favorite verses, at least in this holiday season. This will be a sign for you. 
you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a husband that sometimes forgets things. Ladies, any of y'all? Don't raise your hand. Um, Tammy will send me to Walmart to get, and here's the latest order that I think I've done like 12 times, six cans of French cut green beans, a family-sized can of mushroom, whatever, and the French things, right? And so I'll, I'll go into Walmart, and you never know who you're going to run into in Walmart, right? So I'll run into somebody who'll start talking. Three minutes later, I have no idea why I'm there. So I do what every other guy maybe does. I make my way over to sporting goods. And I look around, and guess what's not in sporting goods? French cut green beans, right? So I, I wouldn't even know. Here's what I want you to know about the power of this story. God is not trying to hide from you. God wants you to know the message. And what's so profound and why I know this is real is that he gave the shepherds a sign that they would not miss. The shepherd's responsibility was whenever a lamb would be born, to keep it from being trampled by all the other lambs, they would take it and they would wrap it up in whatever cloth they could find and they would place it in the manger to keep it up from underneath the feet of all the other sheep. And so when, when, the, when the angel says to them, we have a sign and here's your sign, you are going to find a child wrapped in bands of cloth, placed in a manger, they probably said, yeah, we're gonna know that's the sign. We're gonna be able to find that. And so they go off and they go in search of um, well, no, I've jumped the story. Lying in a manger, verse 13, and suddenly there was with the angel a, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among those whom he favors. You know, growing up, I always thought of this story as an angel choir dressed in gold with little fluffy wings um, all around. Do you know the word for host in the Greek is this word stratia, which doesn't mean fluffy winged angel. It means soldier. When the heavens were opened, to them what they saw was an army. It was a group of soldiers. Why do I say that to you? I say that to you to know that God, in his infinite wisdom, knew that what was taking place was of the most value, and he was going to ensure that it was going to happen the way that it was. And this army was singing the praises as the king of kings was born into creation and born into our earth. Verse 15 when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place which the Lord has made known to us. You know, when I read this, I thought there was never a specific invitation that was given. There wasn't a command where the angel said to them, I want you to go. It was an open-ended invitation and I think that's important in our story to know that this is how God is inviting us, that everyone is invited. And, but they decided because of what they've seen, let's go check it out, verse 16. So they went with haste, so they were hurrying, and they found Mary and Joseph. That means that they had to look for them. And the child lying in the manger. And I imagine when they saw Jesus, they were like, Here. Shepherd Bob said, hey, I got him. Here's the one. Everybody, come on over here. When they saw this, they made known what, they, what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. That's an interesting verse because you find out that there were more there than just the shepherds and Mary and Joseph, but we don't know who they are. But in that moment, you can imagine that when the shepherds saw what was going on, that they decided to go ahead and share the story, and that was probably a perfect opportunity for Mary and Joseph to tell their part of the story. And next thing you know, they're all celebrating what God is doing, this beautiful movement of God's spirit in the world. Verse 19, this is a powerful verse. It says, but Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. One of the things that I, I didn't tell you is, is the gospel of Luke 
Luke was a physician, and he wrote the Gospel of Luke based on eyewitness account. So when he went back to discover and write the the, um, Christmas story, he had to interview people. And the fact that he writes, Mary treasured these things up in her heart, biblical scholars believe that it may have been Mary that he interviewed. 100%? Maybe. We don't know, right? Like, but but it almost seems to be that he's either getting it from Mary or someone close to her because of the personal nature of us knowing that she was processing, she was thinking about this. One thing for sure, even if it wasn't her that he got the story from, he's using her processing to invite us to do the very same thing. What is God doing? Why is this unfolding in the way that it is? And then verse 20, and this is the last verse we're going to read. He says, The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen and as it had been told to them. First thing I love to recognize, and this is, this, is, this is important for us tonight as we process this Christmas story. The shepherds didn't just stay with sweet baby Jesus for the rest of his life. They had to go back. They had to go back to that cold night out on the side of, the, of, of Bethlehem looking over Jerusalem. They had to go back and watch their sheep. They had to return to the chaos of whatever their lives were. So keep that in mind. They returned back. Um, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is so important to hear. They didn't return praising and glorifying God because all of the questions they ever had in life were answered. They didn't return praising and glorifying God because they were sick and now they no longer are sick or because they received a bag of cash or because they returned because they had an encounter. Because what was spoken over them, what they, what was they read, what the angels told them, they followed and they confirmed that that is exactly what God was doing. And so according to their faith, they had the opportunity to encounter the living God. And they became a part of that story. Now, now why do I tell you that? I know that many of you tonight, you're here and you're looking for something specific. And what I know about God is that sometimes God has something better for you, but we need to trust and allow God to reveal that in our lives. That we return praising and worshiping God because we encounter the living God and it's in that encounter that we get to experience something so amazing. Now in this series, we've been asking you to consider making room for Jesus. Well, one of the things I wanna do tonight is exactly the opposite. I want you to consider how God made room for you. On a certain night in Bethlehem some 2,000 years ago, heaven's armies oversaw God's entrance into this world. And in the Gospel of John, John says it this way, the word became flesh and lived among us. And in verses three through five, John says this. He said, what has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it. And so in this moment, according to John, this most central focus of our Christian faith, for John, what happened was life entered into this world, and that life was the light, metaphorically speaking, to all the world. And so for John, discovering Jesus gives us the light to illuminate and to see a better way to live. And so as I wrestle through this story and ask, what's the most profound moment of all of it when we're thinking about making room? It's not that this moment was this huge, grand, big arrival, heralded um, and, and kings and 
all of the things that go along with a king showing up. In fact, it's exactly the opposite to me. For me, the most profound thing about our Christmas story is that God entered this world in such a way that we would all have access. God made room for all of us. And let me tell you how. Let's listen to this story. Let's start off by considering the people that are gathered around the manger. So Mary and Joseph, unemployed, homeless, unwed, probably ostracized from their family for continuing to move forward in this relationship. And they've just given birth to a child in a cave. And they've made such smart financial decisions in their life that they have the ability to wrap a child not in a comfy blanket, but in bands of cloth and place him in what? A manger. A manger. That, boy, I'm going to have to pay you. A feeding trough. A manger. That's Christ's entrance into this world. Just process that for a moment. Then they're surrounded by a group of shepherds that spent possibly six months away from their family, out of the family routine, um, living in the fields. Uh, Their responsibility was to move sheep from field to field to where there was the best grazing possibilities. They were to protect the sheep from thieves as well as from wolves. And so their mindset was not on the normal rhythms of life. If you've had a family member come back from deployment or come back off of the road, you know there is a season and a time for them to get adjusted to what life is like. This is the group that's sitting around Jesus, that God is called to be together in this moment. There are other people there, but we don't know a whole lot about them, but this is those that are there on this most significant night in history. They're not kings. They're not dignitaries. It's not an RSVP event. It's just real people struggling through real life. And if you're anything like me, I look at this story and I look at my friend group and I say, ooh, we got a chance. This could be our moment, right? Like we fit into this story. There's nothing that's gonna keep us away. And how about the place? This isn't a palace. It's not the temple. It's not even a synagogue. It's a, it's a manger, most likely in a cave or an enclosure of some type um, where every single person has access to walk in, to see, to be a part of this story. And I want you to hear me say this, and this may be the most important thing some of you hear tonight, is that the presence of God wasn't then and isn't now controlled by or restricted by a pious group of religious leaders. There's no man, no woman, no organization, no denomination that can control or restrict your access to encountering God. In verse 10, the angel says, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. And I want you to know that God made room for all the people. Not all the people will make room for God, but all are welcome and all are invited to come. Today we celebrate and remember the birth of Jesus some 2,000 years ago. God made the light of the world accessible to us. God made room for us. And my prayer is that here in just the next few moments, we're going to pray and we're going to start lighting candles. That if you've never had an opportunity to open up your hearts and maybe believe in Jesus, that this would be that moment. You know, the verse John 3, 16 sounds a little different when you shape it inside the Christmas story. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. Do you know that tonight you can open up your heart and you can choose to believe 
and you can experience life by allowing the light of the world and making room for him. Amen? Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we love you. God, and we're so grateful for moments like this where we get to connect to our faith and all of the beautiful things that you're doing. And, and it just seems like these services, whether we come to church once a year or every single Sunday, Lord, these services are so poignant and they're so connected that, God, we can sense sometimes a very palpable move of your spirit. And so I pray right now for each and every person. Lord, you know where we are. Some of us have known you our entire lives, but God, maybe we feel distant. I pray that in these moments you would draw us close and you would remind us of our place in this greater story. That God, we are a part of the unfolding that 2,000 years later, we're still like the shepherds who get to go back to our life and talk about the encounter that we had with the living God. And Lord, for those that maybe have never made a decision to believe that tonight might be that moment, where they can open up their hearts and their lives will be forever changed. Their attorneys will be forever changed because of what they've experienced here in these moments. God, we love you. We trust you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like to invite you, if you will, to, to stand as you're able. Go ahead and get your candles out. Get the children where they won't be in direct contact with hot wax. If they have their glow sticks, this would be the time for them to go ahead and break them as we sing Silent Night. Radiant be 
Merry Christmas.